0: Stay tuned for tonight's show. We are talking about getting an advisory board and not not an echo chamber. You don't want to miss it.
1: Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business
2: Show starts now.
0: and welcome to the Better Your Business Show. I'm Natalie, founder of Your Money Expert and your host, my beautiful co-host, the coach for business, Shanna Mavis.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here, so excited about tonight. Um, we are, I, I love the idea of talking about the advisory board and not the echo chamber um, because a lot of the times, or I remember at least one of the people I was working with um, hearing conversations where it was just like, he just wanted people in the room to agree with what he was saying. And it was like, <laughs> and and you know, when you think about that, it's just like, that's not gonna benefit you at all. If everyone's saying the same thing, then you, you're not really advancing anywhere. So super excited to dig deeper into that topic. Um, we've got Terry Moten again with us uh, in the second half of the show. She's gonna continue the community series. Masha Pavlova is with us uh, second half of the show. She's going to be talking about her experience with advisory boards and um, just the benefit that you'll receive there. And I know we've got a whole bunch of other content, you know, that's just going to shed light on this topic. Yes.
0: So, we I have little Rock in the house. So we have Britt Peckman mm-hmm. with Swave Engage. It's going to be a party tonight. We're going to have a great time. I love this topic too, Shanna. I'm with you. We had... um I feel like I learned so much going through this, just going through an advisory board and just this whole thing. I just feel like the last two shows going around this have been very insightful for me. I love what I've learned.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. But before we talk about that, so I was thinking about something this morning. (laughs) So, you know that movie Groundhog Day? (laughs) I can't stand that movie, yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So... I've got to take you back there for just a minute because it was in my head. And I was like, I wonder how many entrepreneurs feel like they're living that life, because I was I was seriously thinking about a conversation I had not that long ago um, with more entrepreneurs. And it was just like I feel like and I was saying the same thing. I'm working, I'm doing all of the things that I feel like I'm called to do, I'm supposed to be doing, but. I'm not really moving the needle. It feels like every day is like the next. And it was, you know, I just thought about that movie because I was like, oh, it's kind of cool at first when you think, oh, okay, I can relit the same day. But then it just wears on him and wears on him. And so it was just like, okay, I just, I want it to be over. What do I need to learn? Um, But that's what made me I was thinking about that when I was thinking about advisory boards, because it's just like there's got to be something that someone else can say that helps break that cycle. Um, And I know I cannot be alone in this, or at least I hope I'm not alone in this, Um, this uh, feeling like you're just reliving and not moving the needle, but wanting to do something about it. And I know we'll hear from Terry um, Sayer a little bit later from Fearless Generations where she was just saying the same thing not sure what to do next sometimes. And we all fall prey to that as as entrepreneurs. And so that's where I love the idea of having advisors come alongside of you that will give you a different perspective.
0: Yeah. It, well, as you say that, I think that's, I think of the employee lifestyle being like Groundhog Day. <laughs> I was thinking maybe it's just that entrepreneurs like the variety more. I don't know. But um Yeah, no, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, right? (laughs) So yes, it's exciting to talk about. And I loved what Terry was saying um, last week too about the advisory board as well and the different ways that we can have them. Um, I think they're just so important no matter what stage of the game that you're at. So it's just a great topic. I'm really glad we're digging deep into it because entrepreneurs would need to know this stuff to have a successful, sustainable,
3: scalable business,
0: right? So it's gonna be
3: good stuff. Yeah, we keep bringing up Terry, and there's a reason. Before we dig too much deeper into advisory boards, there's one thing that she talked to us about last week that I wanted to call to light. (laughs) I do too, Denise. I will watch it every time. I love when it comes on. It's my favorite. It's on my list. I don't know about Natalie. Apparently, it's not good enough for her, but I love that movie. Okay, but um, Terry Moten, is your business problem solver. She is famous for giving, you know, here's a practical thing to do. She told us last week to Google small business grants, October, 2022, do it for every month. So I did that. One of the grants that I want to call to light, and hopefully Carlton will be able to bring this up for us, but um, it's for women entrepreneurs. So if you're a female entrepreneur, they give out $10,000 a month. Amber grants for women.com. It's 10,000 per month. And then um, they now, starting in 2022, they now offer the, um $25,000 dollars year in grant. So it's $10,000 for, um, you know, if you qualify for being an entrepreneur. And they don't have this lengthy process. There is a $15 application fee, um, but I'm like, hey, $15 to have the chance of getting 10,000 is amazing. But they also have, it's not just for, um, the individual entrepreneurs, they also have one for business category. So like fashion design or um, retail or, you know, manufacturing or what have you. They, they also give a grant for the category as well. So it looks like they're growing and growing. But I wanted to bring that to light because she said to do it. And I'm one that's going to Google anything. <laughs> so we're going to end up with a lot of stuff where I'm like debunking a myth or I'm going to find something. I'm going to Google it for you. So, um, yeah, that was one of the things that I saw. And we'll try and bring more of these um, grants and financial information, all of those things that you're looking for, we're gonna try and bring those in the show as soon as the experts expose them.
0: So how many did you apply for?
3: Okay. (laughs) So I, I, I started to apply for that one. I looked at um, a FedEx grant I looked at another minority owned one but I didn't go too deep because there there's so much information that you have to have ready right so it's just like doing the minority business enterprise that certification you have to have all of these things so um, theirs was the easiest the Amber grants for was the easiest because they don't require a ton of information from you It's not like you have to have you know your firstborn, social security number and you know all the way back to your grandparents you know yeah. lineage you don't have to have any of that you just have to tell them about what you do so,
4: awesome.
3: so. all right yeah. it's i guess i need to stop i was excited about that we can <laughs> go into pillar talk and hear what dan martell has to say about advisory boards all right
5: How to build an advisory board for your business. Now, I get asked this question all the time. So here's the deal. If you've ever felt frustrated because it's your first time, you've never built a company before and you really don't know what you should be working on, or when you share your idea, people aren't taking you seriously or you don't feel like you have the network to actually be successful in building out your business, what I love about a great advisory board is it allows you to get the answers quick. Like As soon as you have a challenge, you can have the person there ready to answer the questions. It allows other people to see the credibility. If you can convince really great people that they know of to join your team, instant credibility. My favorite part is a built-in network right, of people. Because if you're trying to hire, you know, lead people, C-level people on your team, um, having those advisors, part of that is really going to change the game for you. You know, I've been fortunate enough, I teach a framework called the Dream 100, and part of that is really focusing on the people that are going to be part of your business, right? If you think that you can climb Mount Everest in your board shorts and sandals with no support, you're crazy. Go get your head checked. It's not going to happen. So an advisory board is just one aspect of this. But, you know, uh, when I was building my company, Clarity, uh, that was one of the first things I, was, I decided to focus on to build the business is get a board of advisors, people that have been there before, areas that I felt like I didn't have as much, I wasn't as strong as. I mean, that, that to me is like advisors are people that have strengths in areas you're weak at. So, you know, one of my advisors was a guy named Carl Jacob. He actually had built a company back in the late 90s just like Clarity.fm, an expert network for entrepreneurs to get advice over the phone I had Heaton Shaw who's one of the top SaaS experts in the world he built a company called Kissmetrics he's incredible definitely follow his blog Andrew Chen another guy he now runs growth at Uber um, he's written over 700 essays on startups and technology and Mr. Eric Reese, yes the creator of the lean startup um, I was super blessed to have these four people as for- formal advisors what I want to share with you guys in this video is how to think about the different aspects of of building that team. How do you think about paying them? How do you think about keeping them in touch? Those are the different areas. And then what's the value in putting an advisory board together? That's the first, uh, that's what I'm going to end on.
3: Yeah, um, that video can be found, uh, of course, on YouTube. (laughs) But that's one of the resources in pillar five um i i love that that's exactly where i got that from was just going there when we talk about advisory boards we have that resource there that just says you can finish watching that and learn more about what he had to say but you were going to say something Natalie.
0: yeah that was a great clip but it also makes me think of what i think about finances i can't help but i have to go there because um and it kind of goes back even though it was carrie was talking about last week So i can't tell you how many people i sit down with that just have their you know Four hundred and one K plan or whatever through their job, their insurance person over here, their whoever person, their mortgage person over here, right? I think of it as your advisory board. If your advisory board is going to come together to talk to you about all the stuff of your business, your advisory board should be doing this in your personal life as well, right? So there's there's a little buddy tip for you guys right there, is that your people should all know each other and to working together to help you in that area. So
3: that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I and and I heard that on another video. There's like a couple of videos in in the pillar five area for advisory boards but they were talking about that as well building almost like your personal team of advisors um and these that you're talking about are for a different business and personal purposes but yeah i love that um thinking about it just broadens your mind on i, I guess i was thinking about we all go to like friends for advice <laughs> we'll get advice on anything But not our business. It's for for some reason, I feel like a lot of business owners, I I know I didn't have one, um, not formally. Right. I didn't think about it as a formal process. I really more thought of, okay, well, let me just talk to them about what I'm thinking or I'll just mention this at lunch. But uh, nothing where it was a formal process that I set up where every month we're going to get together and we're going to talk about this to see if I'm moving the needle. It was just, ah, I have a question about this or I'm, I've am i run into this issue and that's when I'll get advice, right? Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I like the uh, consistency of meeting because it also goes back to we don't know what we don't know. How do I know? Like, you know, I might not know. I should be, I be making a big mistake and not know that I am and I don't know to ask you either. So at least if you're meeting with that person every week, they can say, hey, you
3: know, that's not the
0: right call to make.
3: Yeah. Okay. We're gonna do another um Jessica business segment. So we're gonna look at a business that's doing something that's beyond themselves. This happens to be a nonprofit, but it's a business. <laughs>
6: So we're just uh, we're a couple of seniors who have re- have received love packs when we were younger around middle school and we were always so excited to get these love packs in we're excited to give back to love you know to people who like us who have gotten these love packs before and it's just so much fun to finally give other people that we have gotten and get reminded of the joy that we had re- felt when we received our own love packs did you guys? Ever get food from anywhere else besides love packs? Like, well, we uh, from that you know love? Not really. We only got love. We only had groceries, mm-hmm. and we didn't get a lot of them. Okay. Considering a single father with right. three kids, we probably mm-hmm. only had a total of more two, two, three bags in total. Okay. And so getting love packs was really nice because the food that we got was more of essentials. Mm-hmm. Like, because we normally just ate black beans and rice. Five days a a week. A lot? Yeah, that's pretty much all we ate. So having the Love Packs was really nice because it was just, it was something different. We had granola bars, goldfish, fruit snacks. So how does it feel to help us knowing that you guys were on the receiving end and now you guys are kind of helping us feed some kids that are here local? Well, I'm really glad we get to have this, you know? uh, With the Love Packs, it helped us in a really tight financial situation. And so we got to uh, get into a better situation, to now to the point where we are now able to give back, and I think that's it's just really nice because you know instead of the ones receiving, I can now provide it, and I can sh- share and give that same feeling I got having the packs to other kids, and so I just think it's really nice that I get to have this opportunity again, and I going to keep doing it. I always believe in people, you know, having the the right resources, at least giving something back, even if it's the tiniest thing, it makes an impact. Uh, Like, even if it's sweet canned corn that you can give, (laughs) it could make some girl out there really happy. Having a great business isn't enough. You need real exposure. Vault Co. is a full-service digital marketing agency led by Bridget Brooks, a previous employee of Facebook and
7: Groupon. Through done-for-you digital advertising and one-on-one coaching, get
6: the exact paid traffic strategy that these digital giants have used to run wildly successful ad campaigns. Deliver the perfect message at the perfect time to your perfectly targeted audience. Book a consult today
0: awesome that was great what an amazing organization
3: i loved that when uh someone told me about it and i saw those girls stories because normally when you think testimonials it's you know business and you know the typical thing but a lot of their testimonials were from people who were volunteering You know, in this organization, and so I just thought about the the way that that had to start. You know, with that vision that they had and the mission, and all of the same steps. You know, there's still infrastructure, marketing, management, finance, and credit um, in in this organization as well. That uh, they're growing; it's a few communities, but it started with one. And uh, you know, I'm I'm curious. I want to reach out to them, or I'll try and reach out to them to see if I can find out. Hey, do you have a board of advisors? I want to know how. Um, aligned with just the business principles that we've learned they are, you know, some of the same challenges, what are, anyway you know the story, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did we have next? So, Advisory boards this is an interesting one what exact benefits does having an advisory board on the team have And more importantly, what are the roles or positions? (laughs) I know what's next. (laughs) (laughs) So what
0: benefits does having an advisory on the board on the team have? Well, I mean, I think that he hit that really good in the first video, right? But we don't know everything. We need feedback. We don't want to take the time to learn it all either, right? So your advisory board can help with that. That would be one of the things, right? We, uh, You can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. Sometimes we just need a different perspective. And hopefully our advisory board, again, is people who have already gone before us, already paved the way, and then they're giving us feedback based on their experience.
3: Yeah, Oh, oh I'm glad he pulled this up because that was one of the things I was <laughs> looking at. Um, i don't know for those of you that don't know me i don't know anyone in the world right (laughs) natalie (laughs) come to me and she's just like i had the best conversation with this person and i'm like okay well i had the best conversation with my sister (laughs) but warren buffett everyone knows and he has advisors i mean and i would i would be willing to bet that that's part of the reason that he's gotten to where he's gotten but um this quote that's on there uh, where he just talks about how he always knew he was going to be rich. That I was just like, that's mindset at its finest. That is the, you know, he knew going into this, I'm going to make a lot of money. So that's, I love that that's where it starts. But who else does he have in his inner circle? Charlie Munger. <laughs> But, so I can't even read any of this. It's so small for me. I don't know if you have. I can't read you have any that <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's next? Who's next? Ajit Jain. So he, I think, no, wait, go back to Ajit. <laughs> no, when I was reading on there, he's one that they said that may be taking over. There's like a couple of people that they mentioned in this inner circle that are slated to, or that um, are suspected to be next in line when buffett decides to finally you know step down or you know can't can't do this any longer matt rose okay and i know i probably butchered that man's name so i'm so sorry gregory abel so he's given me all the easy ones and he's going through so quickly i i feel so much pressure to get through all of these um yeah so many of these are like, through, <laughs> no, no, for real. So many of these are like through um, the different companies. That was the other thing that I noticed too. Okay. Who's next? Todd Combs. Okay. So he's got two investment managers. Cause I think the next guy is investment manager as well. Yeah. And then, oh, wait. Yeah. We missed. Yeah. This is kind of disappointing for me. There's only one female. And I typically, you know, I'm not. Yeah, no, this is a problem because when the guy in the first video, Dan Martel, he was talking about his advisors, all men and out of Warren Buffett's whole team. Now, this is an amazing accomplishment for her. And I'm not saying that. And I know that these men have done some fantastic things, but I would love to see more women represented um, on advisory boards, uh, helping grow these companies, Bill Gates. OK, I was, it was time to move on. Um, and. <laughs> And then his son. But interestingly enough, his son is not one that was slated. His son is there to make sure that the company culture stays the same.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I so. wouldn't have expected that. But yeah. it's so important. I mean, even if you see what's going on with Disneyland right now, right? There's, have you seen that? That there's someone from the Disney family that is, I think she made, maybe made a movie on it because um, she's having a real challenge with how much it costs to go to Disneyland and how much their executives are paid. And it's not that she doesn't want them to get paid well, but your middle American family that this was all created for, it's a trip to Paris to go to Disneyland, right? And so, you know, she's like, I'm not trying to go against my family, but we need to go back to the roots of why we started this company. And so I love that. So, you know, hey, that is important, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, now I need to look that up because... (laughs) (laughs) get more women (laughs) women. but you know I and I hate to say this but just to kind of be devil's advocate my question would be how many women want to be on advisory boards because I think statistically there's probably not many even though you know the future is female right there's been a lot of changes but I, I know that for most women when we get to that having kids and all that stuff that's kind of where we start to not be as Wanting to be as career heavy, I would say, and I think that's part of why the statistics are lower.
3: But I think with the way that things are changing now, Natalie, it's it's um, we're I guess more accustomed to uh, having family and having said career or the time to spend. And and you're right, maybe statistically there aren't as many women that are vying for these positions, but. I would love to see that change because um, as we've discovered, even putting together this show, the way that um, we think about the show is different than the way that Carlton thinks about the show. Uh, it, we we each bring value and there's merit in looking at it both ways. I guess that's that's the part that I feel like might be missing by having only men represented at the table.
0: Agreed, I knew Denise was gonna say that. I was like, Denise is gonna be one of the ones. And- Yeah, as long as we still get paid the same amount of money, at least. (laughs) The wage, that wage gap.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I want to, which I'd love to talk about, and when Masha gets on, especially, um, about whether or not advisors should get paid. But before we do that, let's jump into, um, we're going to sneak a peek into a conversation that Carlton actually had with Terry Sayer from Fearless Generations. They were talking about advisory boards, so we're going to... Take a look at this Pillar Talk segment.
1: Jack in a box, no different. The, co- the business structure is the same. The way they deal with their services and their clients' journey through that process are different. But the business model, the overarching business model is the same. And they have board of directors. Even Batman had a board of directors. <laughs>
8: well see this is just like it's like kind of like boom you know (laughs) it's just uh like i said yesterday i know that we've sometimes looked at this we say we're in a business but hasn't been a hobby and uh you know and now it's like okay we're starting to make we're starting to make some money where Kelly's husband now says, oh, maybe this is something good for you to do. You know, you're bringing <laughs> the <next laughs> to the family, et cetera. Right. Uh, and yet we're, it's like we just sit there not not knowing exactly what to do next. So this is, again, opened our eyes. So the idea of a board when it, when uh, she put me with you as an idea of talking about a board, it was like, you know, I'm on lots of nonprofit boards. Right. City council is not a board, but it's a, a policy-making elected position. Right, it functions like a board in some ways. And uh, but when it when I think of a board for our business, it's like my mind can't even wrap. You know, I can't wrap my <laughs> head. Off. But now you've helped me. I've taken two pages of notes. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love
3: Terry.
0: Yes. That looks great. So let's talk a little bit about how do we
3: build a board? Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> yes. I know um, shortly before we close the show, I, I know we'll have a resource from Indeed about that, but they talk about the five steps and it starts with your vision. And I think, uh, you know, the mission and vision of the company matter. So getting people that are aligned with that, it's the same way that um, when Carlton was talking about building a team last week, this is a team. It's just, they have a different function, right? They're, they're just working to help make sure that the operations are in place and that you're hiring the right people. They're there to offer expertise in areas that you don't have any and don't have the time to look. So it's um, looking in your network is another thing that you know they, they recommend that. So we will cover at least five things that you do to build a board um, right before we go so that you'll have something to take away.
0: Awesome. So do you think a lot of people have boards for their
3: business? Honestly, I don't think, uh, I don't think a lot of small business owners do. I don't know the statistics on it, um, but I don't think a lot of small business owners have board of advisors. I really think that they go on and, they're just doing business and they have conversations, or maybe they have a mentor, um, possibly a coach, but not an actual board of advisors.
0: Yeah, I would say they probably just talk to their CPA.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Probably most of them.
3: Yeah. Well, we do have um, you Define Wellness. Uh, we wanna yes. make sure that we focus on the business owner himself. So we've got a very short clip from you Define Wellness.
4: Did you know that most people spend anywhere between 8 and 10 hours every day on their phone or their computer? And for many people, most of that time is spent sitting down, which means that people on average spend about 10 hours every day sitting in a chair. And let's be real, sitting turns to slouching really quickly, which can often cause aches, Pains, problems, grunting and groaning and all the things. So, I wanted to share with you today one simple move that you can do anytime you're feeling those aches and pains to get a natural boost of energy and to ease that tension and stress. It's so simple and it's so powerful. So, let's do it together. So, if you're able to, please go ahead and stand up. If you can't right now or you just don't want to, then just stay seated. It's totally doable sitting down. And what we'll do is take a moment. Lift your shoulders, roll them up, back, and down, and let your arms relax down by your sides. And then what I want you to do now is just tap the center of your chest so you know where it is. And then there, imagine there's a string on the center of your chest, and it's getting lifted towards the ceiling or the sky, if you happen to be outside. And then lift through the crown of your head so you feel a little bit taller. You might even start to feel a little bit better already. So what we're going to do now is a move that I call the Kate Winslet. Remember that scene on the Titanic when she had her arms out to the side? So we're gonna try this together. You're gonna roll your shoulder blades back and down and squeeze them together. And then remember that lift of the chest. So lift your chest and maybe lift your eyes and look up. If it's comfortable, if it doesn't feel good in your neck, just look forward. Remember to breathe, stretch your arms out really wide, maybe even spread your fingers, wiggle your fingers a little bit. Take another big deep breath. Good, let's try that again. Reach your arms a little bit wider, breathe in. And then exhaling, ah, relax your arms down, rolling your shoulders back. How do you feel now? A little more awake, a little more energized? I hope so.
0: Yes, I do. definitely do that was awesome I will be doing that more (laughs) I'll be honest I was like "Mm, I'm gonna feel probably relaxed no I feel good (laughs) I'm surprised it energized me but hey that was awesome
3: yes yes I love it well um we're gonna be right back um with Masha Pavlova she's in the studio with us we're gonna be bringing her back in just a minute
1: a wise man once asked what if Starting a business was like jumping out of a plane. And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right.
0: All right, and we are back talking about advisory boards. And we are going to be going into a clip from Mo Rock as he was on season one talking about advisory boards. And you know, as we've gone into season three and we've been going back and taking content from these clips, I want to encourage everybody to go back and re-watch those shows. You can find if you want to listen to the podcast, you can listen to them or you know YouTube's, whatever your your place you hang out is. But I just feel like, man, there was just so much wisdom going back and watching them again. I really have. I love what Mo had to say, I'm excited for his clip, and um, it just made sense. So go back and watch those, there's so much value in them.
1: You can really look at them more like uh, mentors. You can really uh, utilize them with full transparency. You can speak to them fluidly, transparency. Why? Because there's nothing at stake, right? When you have a board of directors, that sense of transparency, sadly, I mean, in the ideal world, this wouldn't be the case, but I'm a pragmatic person, kind of fizzles away, right? You might have a honeymoon phase with your board of directors, right? But as, as soon as those checks start rolling in and, and they, see the, they see the money coming in, that the honeymoon phase will, will shift very quickly. Whereas with the board of advisors, you don't need to worry about that. And so I would say don't go after a board of directors and especially don't approach people, right, asking them to be on your board of directors because there's a lot of liability with that. There's a lot of legal things that come with that, but you can ask them to be on your board of advisors, which people are much more inclined to actually uh, join because it's a very simple, not as formal uh, thing. And having a board of advisors is actually probably one of the most underrated aspects of business, which is why I'm so glad we're talking about the subject matter. Because if you think about it, let's say you have 10 years experience in business and you have four people that each have 25 years experience in business that are on your board of advisors. You've just 10X your business experience because now you have 100 years worth of experience uh, that you have at any given meeting. And so board of advisors is essential part of business and it doesn't have to always be so formal. Um, so I highly recommend uh, if, you, if you're in business and you don't have a board of advisors, ask yourself why, you really should. And in addition,
3: <laughs> you got to watch the clip. <laughs> got to watch the show if you want to know what else it. he said. <laughs>
0: yes, but do you have a board of advisors? Put it in the chat. Let us know. One of the things he yeah. said in there is if you don't, why don't you? Um, and I know I, I started, I got my board of advisors three years ago. It's been, and it has 100% been a game changer for me. 100%. And to have the people around you that you can trust with things. I mean, I, we were on the phone late last night with my CPA when, you know, taxes were due, (laughs) right? Still still (laughs) going around and doing things and and I I don't have to even worry about it. I know we're still in the guidelines. I know I met, he had all the things done, but we were still going last minute last night. And, um, to be honest with you, just to throw this in there, but I should have had to, um, originally I had a nice tax bill, which I wasn't thrilled about, and I couldn't figure out why I had such a high tax bill, so I went and met with him again. This is why it's important. I went and met with him again, and then I ended up, I'm going to get money back now.
3: Oh, nice.
0: Yes. So make sure you're just having conversations, because you just never know. We can't just assume. We can't just assume that people know everything that's going on in my in my life. I can write all these things off, right? We have to have these conversations. It's important. Do you want to pay the government or have the government give you money? <laughs>
8: right? right. <laughs> yes.
0: That's the importance of having a board. <laughs> so, speaking of boards, we are, are one of our special guests here today. We have the founder of the U brand, and she also has put together ESE, one of our partners. We have Masha Pavlova here with us. I'm a badass woman. What's wrong with
3: that? Can't hold
0: She is that badass woman.
7: <laughs> hello, ladies. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good. Awesome. We're
0: you? happy that you're here. It's great to see you.
7: Great to be here. Great to be here. Yes. Thank you for and i
0: I was excited to have this conversation with you tonight, especially going through just the ESD experience and you building your board. So I thought this is just awesome. Just you coming <laughs> out of this, right? And sharing your experience with the with the audience.
7: Oh, absolutely. And this is such an important topic that most business owners don't think pertains to them, but this is crucial. This will literally change the trajectory of your business altogether.
3: Why is that? How, and specifically, how has it helped you?
7: Oh my gosh, great question, Shana. So the reality is, is we are stuck generally in our own bubble. Uh, We try to go through our own problem solving. Uh, We, even if we have team members, generally it looks like, um, you know, either most, business, most small businesses don't even have an executive board, but they do have, you know, maybe contractors that they work with, which is helpful. It's better than nothing. However, there's a uh, still a hierarchy where you're still at the top trying to make all of the decisions. And oftentimes, as business owners, we don't have all the answers. Generally, that's not the case, right? And so being able to have an advisory board allows you to move a lot more strategically, make a lot fewer mistakes, and get the feedback from from individuals who have experienced um where you're trying to get to, as well as have the interests of you and the company in mind and in heart and help
3: you get there. Very cool. So Mm -hmm. I I have a question that um, Natalie and I are on. um, We're we're wondering, (laughs) so should your advisory board be paid?
7: Great question. So I so there are perspectives for both, right? There's there's arguments for both. Um, Some, especially at the beginning, you're not going to have the financial means to be able to support, you know, what what these individuals are truly worth, what their time is truly worth. But a lot of times when you're serving on a board of an advisory board, you generally have some sort of interest in the organization. Uh, anything that I touch or anybody who I work with touches, we always come to it with a win-win-win. So if you are unable to pay these individuals what they're truly worth, what is the win for them, right? So for me personally, my advisory board are individuals who um, really benefit from the success of our organization because they're in one way, shape, or form are plugged in. So they are stakeholders. They're individuals who have a personal vested interest in what we're building. And that's how we, I love to create everything is that, um, you know, making sure that as we win, everybody around us wins as well.
3: When awesome. did you, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I've got so many questions. No, of course, yes. When did you um, first set up an advisory board? Did you have one with the U brand when you first established that business? Yeah. So with the U-brand, I had a team, uh, but they
7: were not advisory. They were a team who was helping me build things out. Um, and, you know, as uh, last year we kind of shifted into ESC and there was this realization that, you um, even with an executive team, a lot of things still end up on my shoulders. So for me, my advisory board was not only, again, individuals who kind of helped me oversee the whole, not only what I was doing, but what my team was doing. But also from the, uh, I'll, I'll share a secret with you guys. Sometimes it's so much easier to say, well, my board said this, our board said this, uh, and help help them have um Take some of the responsibility for the decisions that need to be made. <laughs> so uh, versus if it's just you, if you're the boss, it's kind of you know it's it's uh, at least for me, it's not always as easy to hold my own and say this is just the way it's going to be.
0: I agree. I love the word we. <laughs> yes. <Whether> it's my <laughs> assistant, it's a we. <laughs>
6: exactly. Exactly, Natalie.
3: <laughs> well, there always I feel like there always needs to be a we. Um, because yes. you cannot, I just don't see you being able to do this on your own, uh, without some sort of advice or without some sort of assistance. I, I mean, maybe I know that there are people that, that try, but I feel like you'll go farther faster, right? If you've got people that are you know right there that I can go to, like Natalie, I can go to her and just be like, okay, well, please help me because I don't know anything about money. Obviously, can you just... Help me create an intentional spending plan for this client or for that. I, I've got resources now. I, I would go to her for advice in that area instead of me trying to research how to do this because I'm going to Google it. But if I don't understand or have the context, you know, then I may do something wrong when I've got someone right there that's willing to help me. So, yeah.
7: Absolutely. Well, and the other thing is too, and you're kind of touching base on that channel a little bit uh, is consistent persistence. Um, it's one of the biggest things I've learned from from one of my favorite coaches is consistent persistence. Is, it's very difficult for when you're kind of on your own or when you're the lead of the project, when you're the lead of your business, you, it's very easy to get stuck in that loop of just doing of just taking actions for action's sake of putting up the fires, versus having somebody who, again, knows better, who is overhead, um, making sure that you're accountable for them for not just taking the actions necessary to run the everyday business, but also to be moving your business forward and to keep you accountable to the things that you say you're going to do, that your team is saying that you're going to do, to be reaching those, um, those marks that you're really hoping to get, versus when it was just me, it was so much easier to be like, oh, well, this is very important. This is what needs my attention. And now I'm stuck in this loop of just, you know, one fire. Well, there's now an X fire. There's now an X fire. And then my business is just at a standstill. Um, so, yeah.
3: So in, in line with today's topic, um, you know, where we're talking about advisory boards versus echo chambers. Um, do you have experience on on the echo chamber side of things, where it looked like an advisory board, or you were participating because you thought that, but what they actually wanted was to just hear themselves over and over and over. <laughs> I have not
7: had the pleasure to be part of that. Thankfully, I feel like, <laughs> um, I think outside of my own organization, I've only been on one advisory board. And I think that, well, it was a board of directors, actually. And that was such valuable experience so for anybody listening go out and see go out into your community and see if there's a position you can fill just to kind of see what that looks like from a functioning perspective right and you're going to find things that you love you're going to find things that you don't love as much so for me it was uh, I saw a lot of the structure and I saw a lot of what I didn't want to have in my advisory board so for us we have a very different approach than what you see in more, most businesses because we're creating something brand new. So uh, most advisory boards will just you know give their feedback for us we have a lot more active roles so individuals when we're talking about a subject that's permanent that's specific to them uh, they may step in they may offer not just advice but also solutions as well through their business which is very helpful and um, great plug for their business as well, because other individuals get to see how incredible they are.
0: I, I was on a board where um, someone wanted to hear themselves talk all the time, Shanna. <laughs> and um, I decided to no longer work with that company because what I found was we weren't really a board in a team. It really wasn't that. That person that w- It was really about that person that was talking all the time on what they wanted, even though that we said we were a board in a team, right? So that was just what I learned from that. If they're making it all about them, it usually is.
3: Yeah. And there's a danger in that, right? Because mm-hmm. I've, I've also been a part of a conversation like that. And that was, I think, kind of the inspiration for this. When I looked at that, it was you, you asked us to come in because we were experts, but you wanted us to validate your idea at all costs. And, and you, it wasn't you didn't want advice at that point if you just want me to tell you that this is great. Okay. I mean, that saves us a lot of time, but <laughs> I would say again, for sure, pay me. <laughs> so, you know, um, but I, 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 couldn't do that. I, I, I still, you know, I, I've worked with them. I continue to work with them, but I pointed out at that point, no, it won't work that way because then you're continuing to just build something for you. And I don't see that that could be successful when you've got several other people with different expertise with um different experiences that can be brought into this so yeah it's i'm glad you never experienced that um and hopefully you know as entrepreneurs we know it's it's difficult to um hear someone contradict or whatever but it's so freeing and it's so beneficial for your company if you you know really start leaning into the experts there but masha Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for um, being here with us and talking about that. Is there anything that you want to leave the audience with yeah. Yeah. Thank
7: you so much, Shanna. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you, everybody who's listening. Uh, the biggest takeaway I would say is actually two parts. First of all, uh, be sure to go out in, into your community and see if you can serve on the board just to see what it's like. But also really consider having one for yourself because, again, this is something that if you're truly serious about moving your business forward, if you're truly serious about building a company that's sustainable, a building a legacy this is something that is crucial for your development so uh and if you need any help you know where to go we have an incredible community uh, with a lot of support and um, all a lot of the answers and if we don't have them we'll help you find them
0: so Definitely. Awesome. awesome thank you masha thanks ladies take care
2: I see you know, ESC, it, I see community, I see connectivity, I see from the business owner and from those who are involved that you know, you don't have to do it alone.
0: It's a safe place where I know that we have the same goal and vision and where we're, our intent is to help people, that's what we're going for first and foremost and whatever happens is right the results of that but our goal is to help people first.
1: I think the core values is each component of that's coming to the table here. Each brand is a core value of ESC.
2: It's a joining together of everybody.
0: Do what our job is, support each other and be business partners to each other. To me, that's priceless. And Mike said, I feel, I've i been waiting for this for the 12 years. I'm with you, Mike. I feel like this is the moment that all this is built up is to this moment. And so
9: it's just super exciting. People are looking for solutions, they're, they're wanting to go into one place to support them in all kinds of different areas, and I see this as being revolutionary.
3: It's just going to benefit so many people in such a profound way.
5: There's a huge benefit across the board in ways that we don't see, but we all benefit when we all succeed. I see a new a new beginning, I see fertile ground for entrepreneurs. This is a group of people that is coming together to make that happen and then to multiply that um so yeah we need you we need everybody to be part of this
3: wow i love that organization
8: yes. uh, i'm
3: so excited for everything that they're doing for our business owners so um they're on facebook everywhere find esc because there's going to be so many resources for business owners
0: yes and so we are going to be segueing into community. And actually, she was the beginning of that commercial, and she was talking about community. <laughs> and we saw her here last week. So we have Terry Moten here this, with us this evening. Your business problem solver. The queen bee of finding money. Like
3: I'm a badass woman. What's
8: wrong with that? Can't hold me back.
0: All right, Terry Terry, thank you for being here with us. We're excited. you Thank about you for community. having me
2: back. Yes. Absolutely. So today we're continuing on community and we're going to talk about building your online community. So I'm gonna leave you with two tips on building your online community. Number one, when you think about online community, it typically the first thing that comes to mind is social media groups. And that's one of the easiest ways to start building that online community i think there's two platforms that's the easiest to utilize their groups number one is going to be facebook easiest thing we kind of think about Um, number two is a platform a lot of people may not have heard about but it's called alignable and you can find it at www.alignable.com but they also have groups as well for business owners there's two strategic things you need to do when you are kind of building a community in in these social media groups. Number 1, only join 1 to 3 groups. Don't go out and try to join 25 different groups and you can only be present, you know, once a year or twice a year in each of those groups. Join 1 to 3 groups that you can really be present in and what i mean by that is you are in those groups to provide value. You are not there to spam spam them with your link or just, you know, drop your message and go. And the way you provide value, let me give you one of my best practices, my little tidbit in these groups. So, if you're in a Facebook group, what you can do is go in the search bar of of that group, whatever your expertise is. So, let's say you are a tax professional, put phrases in that search bar that will bring up questions about your and post about your expertise. So, you might put in there, um, end of year tax strategies or, you know, end of year tax questions or how to file taxes or tax deductions. If you are in marketing, you may put things on there like, uh, best digital marketing strategy, or you may put in social media. So different posts will come up and you'll be able to comment on those posts and really show off your expertise. Next thing to do to build online communities is what you've got to do, my tidbit for you, is to take it from the group where you've connected with someone in an online group. You need to get them offline as quickly as possible. So you, you, you connected with somebody. Now you need to invite them to you know a virtual meeting, uh, to some sort of one-on-one virtual meeting, phone call, a face-to-face. But you want to move them off so you can be able to further build that relationship. Thereby, you're still kind of building that community for you as a business owner. Be intentional. Move maybe, try to move one to two people out of a group to a one-on-one each week. So there's my tidbits for you in building community work in social media groups, only one to three that you can really manage, you can really provide value. And as you're building in those groups, start taking those contacts offline in one-on-one situations. I hope that tidbit, and I hope that has been very helpful for you.
1: I'm a badass woman. What's wrong with that? Can't hold me.
9: Hello, everyone. My name is Brittany Peckham, and I'm the founder of Swave Engage Social Media. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the difference between organic social media and paid social media. You might be thinking, it's pretty obvious, Britt, one you pay for and one you don't, (laughs) but it's a little bit more complex than that. Organic social media, if you're just posting to your pages, you are most likely going to stay within your current following and that's who you're going to have impressions from. For paid social media, you get to pick your target audience and you get to draw people into your platform from those paid campaigns. You can even do $25 per post, $50 per post. It doesn't need to be a large amount, especially when you're starting out and you're learning about your audience and who is engaging with your content, what content works. So it's a really great learning strategy for what you should be putting out there on social media. It also is a great way to gain followers for your social media. Now organic does do a good job with gaining followers. If you're approaching it with high quality content using hashtags, and you have people who are really engaged with your account on a regular basis. So it really depends on where you're at in that timeline. It's also good to be posting on a regular basis just for when people are talking to you outside your social platforms to have them come to your platform and see that you're a legitimate business. So it really depends on where you're at in the cycle, what your goals are, and what you're trying to accomplish but there is a big difference between organic and paid and they're both beneficial for different reasons. I hope you have a great day.
8: It's the money.
0: All right. So, we are going to be talking about the holidays, right? We're going into the holidays, so let's talk about some tips for the holidays. So, first thing I want to chat with you guys about is what is your philosophy around gift-giving, just in general? Are you a big gift-giver? Is that your love language? Are you a, hey, I'm that ant that's going to compete with the other ant and do up that one and spend more money? What is your gift-giving philosophy? That's the first thing. The second thing, which I think is most important, is what is your budget for the holidays? Do you know? One thing that we know is we celebrate the holidays every year. They don't go away. So are you preparing in advance for them? With a budget. Um, if you don't do a budget, one of the things that I would encourage you to do is look at the last few years and see how much money you've spent. My guess is you spend close to the same amount every year, right? Subconsciously, we kind of do that. We keep ourselves in this amount of money that we spend. So that's how you can figure out what are you spending on an annual basis. For myself, I like to either save monthly in an account that's designated to that. So if it's a Christmas budget, specifically in that account. And the other thing that I do is I shop all year. So October 20th, I would be freaking out right now if my holiday shopping was not already complete. I shop throughout the year. I always have presents in my closet. I always buy things on sale. I look online and I will definitely Google if there's a coupon every single time. So um, some couple things to look at, right? Um, The other thing too is, is make a list. Who do you want to buy presents for? I think a lot, you know, about Is it a special holiday for someone? Is it, you know, like my grandmother was turning 94 odds of me spending another Christmas with her might not be that high. So do I want to maybe do something a little extra special and spend more money than I would on her this year? Maybe then I spend a little bit less on my niece because I know that I can pick her up some, you know, a couple little plush toys from the Dollar Tree and she's one and that will make her happy, right? So you can kind of Look at the ways that you're spending your money. But if I was going to give you a tip to give you stress-free holiday time, it's really sticking to that budget and shopping throughout the year so that by the time the holidays come, you're done. So that is your money tip for today.
4: It's the money.
3: I love it. I have not done one bit of shopping. (laughs) (laughs)
8: <laughs>
3: that is why um, you're you and I'm me. <laughs> okay. We, uh, we promised five tips about, you know, we talked about building an advisory board. So we want to go ahead and pull up the Indeed article. Again, I Google everything. So we Googled it for you. You don't have to worry about that. I'm going to go through. I've even highlighted and taken some notes. So if you'll scroll on down, we'll get to how to create an advisory board. The first thing it says is identify your mission. Of course, it gives you information on what is an advisory board and all of that. First things first, identify your mission. So first sentence is the most important. Consider your company's mission and make it clear by drafting a mission statement. Write it down, please. And then um, it uh, further in there, in that paragraph, it talks about understanding what types of experts you might need. Identifying your mission is going to help you understand who you need to come alongside of you, what experts do you need and in what fields. OK, second thing is use your network. Masha talked about this. Terry talked about this. Natalie, you've talked about this. There are people that you know. We heard this in the videos. Look in your network. Look on LinkedIn. Talk to people that you already know. Ask them if you don't ask them to be your advisors, ask them who do they feel like would be best suited to help you out in that case. Um, Number three, hire advisors with different expertise. Everyone has said the same thing. You know, you're looking at advisors can specialize in many areas of business like finance, marketing, hey, infrastructure, marketing, management, finance and credit, pillar five. Um, But you need experts in all five of those areas. So look at the different experts and um, make sure that your team is well-rounded in that way. Keep it small is what they recommend. that makes sense in this case, because if you're asking for advice, the larger that team gets, the more, uh, the higher the chance for a miscommunication or for something to get dropped. So they say a smaller board helps you um, better stay on task. And then the last thing that it says is to stay organized. And this is the challenge for me, but again, a lot of the tips that they've got in here are about writing things down. So it says stay organized by keeping written records of information from your advisory board members, maintain a regular schedule of advisory board meetings. So make this a formal process, everyone. Um, Write everything down, make it formal, get everyone on track, and then you're going to see a lot of difference in the growth of your company.
0: That's right, because it's a business, man. All right, (laughs) yes. Awesome show tonight, everyone. Thank you so much to all the guest experts that joined us. Thank you to our audience for being here. We hope you enjoyed and that we brought you some value. I know I had a lot of great takeaways tonight. You know how it goes. Do something today that will help you better your business. Go to pillar5.com. Take your free assessment. Join us next Thursday. Tell us what you got. Ask us what questions you have. And as always, thank you to our amazing sponsors. We could not do this without you you. Have a great week, everyone, and we will see you soon.
1: Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.